What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by... Week of the Open guy. MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. Get your gamble on. And it's brought to you by... BoxOfAwesome.com. Promo code HAM. That's right. And preserve your memories, John. Legacybox.com slash HAM. 40% off. Now on to the segment. The Odell Beckham to the Cleveland Browns was pretty fucking nuts, right? Because I don't. I feel like the Browns are flying a little under the radar. And maybe we were a little more emotionally attached like because it kind of felt like he was going to come here. And then what they gave up, they didn't give up that much. This was probably crazier because these two guys, like the Browns didn't give up someone else famous for them. These two guys are... I, I mean, I'd say what you want about Russell. He's one of the more, I mean, he's as big of a superstar as like three or four other guys in the league. What's the, like, what do you think, what was the craziest part of your reaction? That Chris got traded, that Russ, we, we kind of knew he was going to get traded, but that he got traded for Chris, or that Russ got traded to play with James. Like, what do you think, if you were to rank the craziest parts of those, like in order? I, to me, the craziest part was, because once they... Have we done a podcast since they got Paul George? Yeah, we did because we yeah. knew the Paul George and the Clippers. Once Paul George got traded, it was clear that Russell was going to get traded. So I don't think it was shocking that – like we knew Odo Beckham was going to get traded. It was – like the Paul, when, Paul, when you woke up and you go, Paul George got traded, to me those are always the craziest trades. Yeah, the guy yeah. you had no clue. If I just told you, hey, guy – Bryce Harper just got traded to the Dodgers. You'd but be like, what? what? Right, and it was got traded and they signed Kawhi. Yeah, it was like the bang bang. That to me, I knew Russ was going to get traded. It didn't feel like Chris was possible to get traded. Exactly. And then they got traded for each other. I I think it was crazier that Chris Paul had orchestrated this sign and trade with the Rockets, which kind of enabled the Clippers to be in position to get these guys because they go, look at what we got. We had somewhat a poor man's version of the infrastructure that the Warriors had when they got Kevin. Again, not they didn't have Stephen Clay, but they got Lou Williams, sixth man of the year, who's really a dominant scorer. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with the Warriors. Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly. They got those three guys in the side and trade. 
And then they didn't have to give up any of them, and they got those two guys. So that, and because they wanted their second superstar in Chris Paul, and then a year later they punt on Chris Paul. It was it was more that they punted on Chris Paul. Like Daryl Morey acknowledged, yeah, we can't deal with this guy. We got to get him out of here. Yeah. So for me, in order, number one, it was that Chris Paul got traded for him, like not that. Just that, just those two names in the same sentence was mine before you even get to the fact that Russ and Harden are playing together because it felt like he was untradeable and that he's gone from like everyone, like the big smile and face of the NBA to like this guy that the NBA loves seeing miserable is a wild 180. Like if I feel like NBA people had to be just cackling at that trade. Um, Would you read you read Ethan Strauss article yesterday? I saw some the one that like that was this. The talk of summer was just the fact that he, his um, his leadership of the uh, players' association was pretty. Like the irony of him getting this albatross contract while leading, like supposed to speak for all the players, but really screwing the majority of guys. Most he players felt really, screwed, right? That was part of it because he because he only spoke, which is right. Like at the end of the day, Chris Paul is going to care about the top players because that's what he was at the time to get in the max deals. Well, the max deals. If they take 40% of your cap, well, what's that going to do? That's going to limit your ability to sign all these other guys. And I was just DMing a little with Ethan because, I, I mean, I'm, guy, I'm a sucker for just – he had like seven different subjects where Ethan had just spent the week in summer league just talking to GMs about just different scenarios. One of them, one guy took a shot at running backs. He's I like, I told that. my staff, do not touch a big man unless he's Shaq. They are the new running backs of the league. You're like, God, no, Melvin Gordon's got a point. Like, we just want some respect. And uh, But one of them, to me, the Chris Paul element was just several years ago, I, if it's a little more removed, he wasn't just viewed as, like, one of the top five or six players in the NBA. Like, a no-brainer guy you'd give all this money to. And then he became this albatross contract. And so did Russ, but a lot more because why it was so frustrating the way he plays. But I don't think anyone would argue – Russ is a vastly superior player, especially in the regular season, than Chris Paul right now. So, like, I, I think they upgraded players. Now, in a big game, in a big spot, Chris is – listen, I don't like Chris, but he is smart, and he will do the right thing in theory. Like, Russ at any moment, who knows? But to me, Russ during the regular – like, they got better. Like, Russ is just a better player. Now, will it work and all that shit? I don't know. They did grow up together in L.A., and I, I didn't know this, but I saw James, someone tweeted on my timeline like last week. He was at some function, like three – it looked like a couple other Rockets. He's like, yeah, I've known Russ since we were like 10. And clearly now it's – I mean it's a fact, and Daryl shot it down, that the moment Paul George got traded, James realized, well, Russ ain't going to stay there. They started talking. So whether James hated Chris or didn't, he was had no problem getting rid of him for his boy. So that relationship, like there's going to be a deep dive article in the next couple before the NBA season about the strain and some things that I heard on a podcast. Maybe it was like Zach Lowe. It might have been Simmons. It might have been Windhorse. Maybe he said this on TV. I don't even know. All these NBA guys, just you just hear all these comments. That there was a moment – in the playoffs where something happened is against the Warriors and Chris, I think was like in the post, you know, back, back and down like Sean Livingston or something. And James was too close to him and fucked up the spacing and they had a turnover timeouts called. They get back 
to the huddle. And Chris starts barking at him about the spacing. Yeah. And James, like, kind of snaps back, like, you're always bitching about fucking everything. And I kind of side with James on that. Like, I can see James. Yeah. Like, listen, I'll, I'll listen to you. But you never stop. You're like, I, you're like worse than the coach. And J- I think that James just had enough. It wasn't like, hate each other as a person. I think James probably thinks he's a good human or whatever. But he can't play with him anymore because he's just – He's just that yappy little dog. Well, yap, 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 yap. So I can't wait to see the combo, and I think you got to do it if you're the Rock. I mean, obviously for the Rock, you can trade trade Chris for Russell. You do it, but the, that's what makes this amazing. Is that all of that stuff has been like maybe not? It hasn't been said that way, or it hasn't been that thing. Like I don't know if Russell's ever mad at somebody about spacing, but Russell, like. Say, like Kevin Durant had to leave him. Now Kevin also left the Warriors, so it's not apples to apples. But that's what that's part of what makes this whole thing so amazing. Now is these two guys together have that element to them. See, to me, it doesn't it feel like when guys are done with Chris, they're like he's actually not that difficult to play for. He's just difficult to be around in a basketball sense. He just yeah. wears on you. Where Russ. I think Paul, Kevin, like I really like Russ as a human. And I went back and YouTubed. Remember his MVP speech where he hits on his mom and then he ends with his brother? And it was like, God, this is – as a human, you realize this guy is probably a really good guy. He's been married forever. I think he's a high character. He's never had any issues. Right. People like him. Right. Like, I think I think Paul George would tell you, I love Russ. I just don't really like playing with him. Not that I don't like playing with him when we're winning, but just – he can wear you out. He doesn't look at you. He just dribbles around. He's just crazy. Where Chris is much more normal of a player because he's very fundamentally sound. Like he passes. I think so he just yells at you a lot for stupid shit. Like, yeah, bro, I, I know. I should have been three feet over. I, leave me alone. I, I've been in the league 10 years. I, we get it, bro. <laughs> you know? And one of the other comments, wasn't it, James? He snapped at him and he's like, James couldn't take him seriously anymore because he couldn't get by anyone. Like, Chris still carries yeah. himself. Like I'm the point god. Like, bro, you, you, you're the point prince now, maybe. But but everything you said about Russ, isn't that kind of the way we perceive James? Like, I think I haven't heard anybody say a bad thing about James Harden, but playing with him looks like it can be difficult. Yeah, but I think everyone acknowledges playing with him is difficult. He's elite. Well, no doubt. Right now. Yeah, but so I, does Russell look I don't at himself like could, he's? I don't, but does no. Russell view himself as like oh, I better defer to James in the big moments? Well, I think that's where James would say, well, we've known each other for a long time. We can work that out. And you would say, if your relationship is strong, like why did Dwayne Wade and LeBron have success? Because at the end of the day, their friendship and respect was so high for each other, you can figure it out. And like James doesn't respect Chris after a certain point. And I I think that is like that in any professional relationship, right? If I don't respect you, it's hard for me to acquiesce to your demands. CC guy Haberman at his ra- end of his radio career with a former <laughs> boss. I just, you know, John, I'm too hard on the Raiders. <laughs> I don't know if you've read the Greg Pop article, but he, he made some comments that, you know, I think he thinks he's pretty talented. Well, I, the Mer- <laughs> it was great. And the, the, my favorite part is that one, now maybe these things aren't said back to back, but there's like, it's a Q and a for those who didn't read it. And one answer is I'm not Durant. I'm clay. And then the next answer is, I'm Durant. In the sense that I'm just a no BS. I right. don't hear from me. I just produce. I do my I, work. I'm a winner. Don't, yeah. I don't complain. And the next sentence was, 
I'm, I was like Durant the 957. I delivered them a championship. <laughs> You're not wrong. I love the comments. <laughs> Were there uh, co- yeah, on the so, store? I got to go back and read some of the comments on that tweet. Oh, yeah. I, I meant I love Greg's comments. I didn't oh, see yeah, the yeah, comments. Yeah. I don't know if you're watching the Giants game guy, but they're, they're putting up like 50 runs. They're I like am the watching it. <laughs> they're up 12. Did Buster just hit a bomb? Yeah. Trade them. They, they're hot right now. Don't sleep on Farhan. This is when he could trade the whole team. But Got at it. the end of the day, I know this. James, like three years ago, grew on me. I'm like, I don't hate watching him anymore. I but then that, that then that team went the other way where I despise watching the team operate together. I am now, if you said, you know, it's November 20th, Wednesday or Thursday night. Well, Thursday there'd be an NFL game. Let's say Tuesday night, no NFL, no football on. You got Rockets, whoever. I'm like, I'm paying attention. I just I want to see it. I think they're much more viewable now. Well, there's more. Aren't there just more teams in the NBA today that fall into that category? True, but I'm talking specifically them and him and just those two. No like doubt. If you say if you watch one tandem just early on, you could make a very strong argument. They're like, I just want to watch this for a minute. Those two. I'm talking LeBron, AD. I'm talking D'Angelo, Steph. You know, you name it. I. I I mean, I could see like Russ throwing a ball. I just, I, you, you could convince me of anything. Yeah, you, you could only could watch be, one game, one team play opening night. It might be them because I also think, guy, they have a chance to be really dynamic. I mean, those two are just uh, LeBron and AD would be up there too. Like that's, I almost think they've become underrated. Like how I would put, the, I would put them number one. LeBron and AD. I just want to see like what does LeBron James look like from the jump, right? Well, also, it wouldn't be Paul George and Kawhi because did you know that Paul George is out like two months? Like, he did have both shoulders operated. Like he's not going to be healthy for the start of the season. I don't think anyone talks about that. Lewis had a good tweet. Lewis. And Riddick. After someone, after like the sixth injured player was maxed out, he's like, the one thing that's crazy about the NBA, unlike the NFL, is no one has any concern for injuries when it comes to max players. Paul George, multiple shoulder surgeries. He's a max guy. They don't even hesitate trading for him. Now, granted, that got them Kawhi, who also has a history of quad injuries, and despite dominating in the playoffs, was limp. I mean, part of his greatness is he was literally limping around the entire playoffs. Kevin Durant has a torn Achilles. I love the guy, but they didn't even hesitate, and they didn't. They couldn't hesitate. Clay Thompson is a torn ACL. Right. Like, the amount of money that went to, and I, I think Lewis's point, like in the NFL, and I've been in these meetings, basically the majority of the conversation when you're talking about the top guys is injuries, injuries, injuries. And there's no truly way to quantify, but it makes everyone nervous. Like in the NBA, it's like maximum, 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 microfracture, maximum. <laughs> it is kind of nuts. And I think for as great as these last three weeks have been a player movement, a couple of these guys, there's a decent chance are just never quite the same. These weren't just like, you know what, he he uh, rolled his ankle in the in the second round. Like, they, these were, I mean, just an ACL injury that I think we, and I love Clay, and we're all consuming he comes back to 100%, but for every Adrian Peterson, there's a couple guys that just are never quite the same. Right. And when I say never quite the same, I just mean maybe he, he just – 90% of what he was. Yeah. What if Kevin Durant's never the same? What if Paul George's shoulders are just fucked? 
Because it's not well, like fucked they're they're not the same or two different things, but if those guys are all not the same, the teams that signed them would probably do those deals. If you told them right now that guy's going to be 90% of what he's been, they would do that deal. Why? But I'm saying 90% is a good thing. Like, if he's 90%, you can still win championships. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, 90% I, I don't of the NFL. Like the, healthiest, the healthiest tandem is probably AD and LeBron. 90%. Yeah, and AD's not. AD gets hurt all the time. And well, LeBron's it, coming off a major injury. Would you consider Kyrie and Kevin a healthy tandem? Like, they would be the least healthy tandem, right? Kyrie's had microfracture surgery. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm Kevin trying to just think if there's any other tandems out there that. I mean, Clay and Steph now. I mean, Steph has had injuries in the past, and now Clay has an ACL. Uh, obviously, Kawhi and Paul George are pretty big injury red flag tandem. My, my but also not forget is Ky- Paul's leg once upon a time snapped. Well, and there's also um, now I he's don't battled know back. Where this came from, but I guess there was this story or a podcast or something my dad was telling me about just how in the NBA now because he was saying Julia, like Julius Randle was an example. Now, he broke his leg. It wasn't like a wear and tear issue. But he got How? hurt right away in his NBA career. Oh, uh, opening night, I think, right? Yeah, and, and the point of the study or whatever it was was just that, like, these guys play so much now, year-round, even in youth basketball, that guys come into the NBA with a lot more wear and tear than they used to. Like, their bodies are older than they've ever been, even when they're still 21 years old. I think your dad's talking about the Howard Beck article from last week. He did like a deep dive. Okay, so that's what it was. Ba- or, ba- or Baxter Holmes on just a lot of uh, – I think the point of it was a lot of executives in the NBA are like, this kind of jumped the shark here on injuries now. It's the amount of money we're paying these guys, and we're getting major injuries all across the board. Yeah. Because I think that speaks to this free agency class. Well, and my, and my thing was uh, – like I buy it, first of all, and it's different. Like football, you don't you can't play year-round football. Like, you do a seven-on-seven camp, but that's not anywhere near just the same speed as you go play in, like, some pro-am week in L.A. or something. Like, they're playing basketball. Like, they're playing. Yeah. It's not seven-on-seven. Like, they're playing basketball. Like, what what J.J. Watt's been doing for the last two months, like, box squats, right? And, like, sprints. Like, everyone's given, and I understand it, Zion's not in shape, so everyone's giving him shit. But his offseason was three months. He had a pretty big belly. I'm just saying, John, his offseason was three months. Like, it's not like it's October. It's July. He had a three. Well, they played through March. He, here's the one thing I'll say. And, I, and I then know he goes on all the, the, then he does all the awards. And, you know, like. In, to me, there, there's a difference of being out of shape, which I, I think most guys in summer league know I'm like second rounders that had no clue if they were going to be drafted, that just kept grinding, knowing that they were going to get a summer league shot and had to be ready to go. Then like Zion, R.J. Barrett, and all these guys that don't do anything. R.J. Barrett just stands there with a shirt off. He's still jacked, you know, skinny. Zion, and I think Bobby – I heard Bobby Mark say this. Like a lot of people in the league, like the one red flag on him was his body's really weird in the sense that he's he's an elite athlete. He's got to work really hard just to get the the baseline, right? He's got to work way harder than everybody else. Yeah, but honestly, you'd say he's like a – if he was an NFL equivalent, he'd be like a, an all-time blue chipper defensive tackle, but his body's a little weird, right? Like he can get quote-unquote fat, but he can play fat. But you go, well, he's only – it'd be one thing if the guy's 25. and You're like, you know, he's got to change his diet as he ages. I get it. He's 19 or – he might still be 18 years old. 
And he, I mean, legitimately had a belly. Now, is there a chance that the amount of food he consumes just is just outrageous and he doesn't even realize what he doesn't even eaten, right? Like he just eaten like 10,000 calories. I mean, it's just something crazy, like 5,000 calories a day. I, I mean, I don't even know caloric intake for like a premium athlete. Super I feel high. like Phelps was like 8,000 plus. Yeah, I'm trying to just think like eyeballing what NFL guys used to eat in the cafeteria. Maybe it's like four to five. Like a guy could just grub. But a defensive tackle, and in fairness, like also you're, you're free- traveling a lot, right? This time of year, he's doing all this travel. He's doing all this different stuff. But to me, if you're 6'6", 270 pounds, you're just going to eat more than a guy that's 5'11", 190. So you're going to eat a lot. But is there a chance that he's eating the wrong foods? And I think the thing that would concern NBA people would be like, most 20-year-olds in the NBA eat the wrong foods. It doesn't affaze them. But it kind of affects him. I, I'm not trying to be a hater or negative Nancy because I love everything he stands for. The happiness, the joy, how funny he looks. But I, I got it red flagged a little bit. Which is fine. Little. I'm just saying, let's not act like he just showed up in October looking like this. No. Okay? And let's not act like he didn't just go on this whirlwind of a post-college career. I th- uh, but I do think it's fair to say, for all the top NBA prospects we've seen like in our adult life, he's probably the most unique body. Because even LeBron, when he came out, when you watch some of those videos, like that game one at SAC, what do you think he weighed? Like two thirty? Like he was pretty I mean, relative. Slender. Yeah. You know, he was slender. Zion looks massive. <laughs> Even Shaq. Like go yeah. Google LSU Shaq. Like he was thin. Even when you watch like early Laker Shaq, I bet and I've heard Shaq say this. I used to be able to eat two pizzas and I didn't think twice. Once I hit twenty eight, Phil started yelling at me, I realized I had to change. But I, I think Zion already can't. Like he's got your metabolism should never be faster in your life. Like once you hit like your your actual end day height, not I'm not talking like 12, 13, 14. I'm talking like 17 through 21 ish. And it feels like oh, you got to be careful. I heard David Griffin say, you know, yeah. we're not worried about it yet, yet, but we're gonna be cognizant of it, right? Yeah. No, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying ignore it. I'm just saying well, you, know, I, you know who I think his example is? And even this guy, when you t- throw like nineteen eighty four Auburn, like Charles was, but I think there are some similarities with Charles and this guy. Shorter yeah, I, shorter I'm, bigs. I'm with you. Who the one thing but Charles Charles feels like even he was a little sl- more slender than Zion is now. Well yeah. But he was also probably three inches shorter. Right? Yeah. But remember one of the knocks on Charles when he went to that camp, Team USA 84, and he got cut by Bob Knight. Bob Knight thought he was a fat ass. He was big there. I, I think there were like he was 280 pounds. And he even said like I was out of shape or whatever. But I think he could balloon. Certain people can just balloon. I'd be more concerned if Zion's eating the right things right now, and it's still a problem. Yeah, but I, there's no chance he is. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.